do it. Hello. What? Wait, huh? <laughs> Who, what? Who, what? Which one? Where, hum? Uh, this is Subspace Transmissions, a We Were Gamers sub, sub pod. Oh, subspace subspod. Mm-hmm. We did a good job naming it, but it's not easy to say. But it is very cool, and that's what's important in the name. I agree with you 100, 110%, buddy. This is We Were Gamers. JJ, hello. Hello. This is Andy. We do a normally a video game, well, sometimes video games. We've been doing Evangelion a lot this past. Video game adjacent. It's. I don't like to call it a pop culture podcast because we don't make announcements about like what's happening in the newest Marvel movies and like go through all that sort of newsy stuff. Yeah. Heck, we don't even like watch new films usually. <laughs> a lot of the Marvel movies we did, or well, I I feel like several of the Marvel movies we I don't even see. Yeah, we talk about them maybe a couple months later when they hit Netflix and stuff like that. It's it's a pod about getting older. Speaking of getting older, it's my birthday this week. Congratulations! Um, so you'll hear this a little later than my birthday. But uh, JJ getting older. I think I developed a milk allergy like on my birthday week. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. Apparently, that's the milk. thing that you can get when you're older is like all of a sudden your buddy's just like, no more milk, jerk. Like lactose, it doesn't like it? No, but it's not lactose. It's just like milk in general. I don't get it. I, I can't. People, this is a radio, so people can't see this, but I'm making the most skeptical face. I, I, don't I believe you. Obviously, you wouldn't just like decide to be sick after drinking milk or something, <laughs> but like. That's very strange. All right. Well, that's the type of content we have for you on We Were Gamers. <laughs> if you're interested in that type of stuff, check out the main pod. We're on episode 175 right now. So, it's been going. It's good. Not that it matters because they're like barely connected. Yeah. So, like 172 through 175, we're about Evangelion. And beyond that, uh, there's a cool thing. You can go and look at YouTube. And there's like oh, a, yeah. like a little playlists on there, and you can find all the subspace transmissions or the p- episodes that are connected together called Component Class, which mm-hmm. we'll probably finish this year. <laughs> Someday it will be finished. I was thinking maybe around BlizzCon time we should build that computer. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. See, I'm a thinker. All right, but this is a pod that we do once a month ish. <laughs> about Star Trek because uh, old people like Star Trek. Because <laughs> Star Trek is rad and there are actually Star Trek shows on again. Yes. We're talking about the newest episodes of... Well, no, not the newest episodes. No, that not even be, close to the newest. That would be off-brand. <laughs> we're talking about the old episodes of the new series, Star Trek Discovery. Today we're going through 12 through 15, so that's the end of season one, in case you're watching along and you want to not get spoiled before you watch it. Yeah. It was a season, JJ. Stuff happened. I can say that definitively. Mm -hmm. Spoiler warning, last one, before you have to hear... This ISS stuff kind of panned out a little bit. Yeah, it did, huh? I like it. The Terran Empire thing kind of panned out. Uh, My very first note for episode 12 is, this empire has very majestic ships. Oh, yeah. They were pretty. I mean, you assume that a lot of them were exactly identical to 
you know, like if you look up what the ISS Enterprise looks like, it looks like it has a few spikes on it, but it looks like the Enterprise. Sure, yeah. You know, all of them look kind of the same. I remember the NX-01 ISS version was identical also. Mm-hmm. So that part kind of pans out. I have some other comments about shoehorning this into the original series and what mm-hmm. that means for the future. But that's probably for the end of things. We like to do a quick walkthrough of the plot, make comments, and then talk about it all. Yeah. We'll have a lot to talk about because it's the end of the season. Mm-hmm. All right, let's kick it off. Uh, episode 11, we found out the, the ISS Terran Emperor is Philippa Giorgio, which is great. Fantastic. Right. We love it. Yes. And then it Very comes funny. back to we got to find some coordinates here in episode 12. And we got to go yeah. to the Imperial Palace to do it, right? Right, yes. That palace uh, is on wheels, baby. Yeah, I know, right? Their their ships are really something and uh they stick to that their ships being something. It the, the Terran flagship or Emperor Space Station ship, whatever this thing is. <laughs> it's big though, right? It's like meant to be like giant space station size. So Yeah. It's cool. Uh it's very weird it's got the like sun in the middle of it or something it's very strange well, we find out that it's not the sun later yeah, yeah. I, at this at this time you don't know but, yeah, yeah you find out pretty soon that it's based on the mycelial network i don't think that it's a huge spoiler uh we get some cool uh stamets v stamets in the mycelial network apparently they're both trapped there yeah i got the uh <laughs> my notes about stamets stuff is like oh he finally gets to do acting <laughs> yeah they do kind of sideline him for quite a bit of time, and then a lot of this episode is like him, him on walkabout. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, man, your character needs to find himself. And then we get the doctor to come back a little bit and give yep. him the pep talk, you know, walk towards the light or music or whatever he says. Mirror or, um, yeah, the the mycelial consciousness afterlife doctor or whatever. Yeah. It reminds me, There's uh, you probably haven't watched yet, but you should watch The Expanse. And uh, there's, yeah, the alien network creatures in that, which are very similar to this. I wonder if the ideas were connected a little bit. Not, they're not identical. They're definitely, they, they branch off. But, you know, that collective consciousness thing where it's like, oh, it uses somebody you know to contact and get, in, you know, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got it. Cool. It's a trope. It's fine. It, it is, works. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Uh, Lorca takes a monstrous beating here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Which, looking back, so, I guess maybe some of us don't feel bad about. He deserved it, I guess. I, I, I think so. Sure. Uh, uh, they. You finally meet Giorgio in, in person, person instead yeah. of in hologram. Uh, and my, my, uh, my note about it is that she has more titles than Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) The guy just keeps going on and like, and ruler of Terran and 17 other ones whose names I don't remember. And it is just like four minute scene of just saying her titles. (laughs) That's great. I'm into it. It's very opposite of her character in the non mirror universe. So we got to get a good feeling that she's got. She's going to be a different person to deal with because it turns out that uh, they're just as connected in this universe, Burnham and Giorgio, as they were in the other one. Maybe even more so 
Uh, Burnham was raised by Giorgio. Yeah, daughter? What? How? Yeah. Huh? So they go have dinner together to catch up, eating Kelpian ganglia. Oh, yeah, I just wrote, like, all caps, this is gross. I, I wrote down, Kelpian ganglia, am I happy? <laughs> Man, your rate of Saru is really... <laughs> Cloud of your judgment here. Your comments about Saru at the end of this season. Uh, yeah, me too. We'll get to it. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Um, okay, but it turns out that actually Burnham in that universe was seduced and conspired with Lorca to try and overthrow her mom. There's some, right, yeah. some Greek stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah. And definitely it, some edible whatever happening here. Yeah. So, of course, uh, Burnham goes for broke, telling the Emperor, uh, you know what? There's a multiverse happening here. I, again, have notes about how pretty the ISS stuff is on the inside. Yeah. As they stand in that weird room in the round, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Giorgio's kind of, like, seems skeptical there. And then straight up murders everyone. It's like, oh, well, they heard something they can't hear. Got to murder them now. Yeah, it's literally her top lieutenants for the whole of her empire standing there listening to this. And then she just throws a little boomerang brain buster through everybody. I know, right? It's like watching Blade. Yeah. Makes one dude clean it all up. Which is kind of nuts. But, uh, you know, whatever. Like, why, why does Burnham confide in her here? Because she's dead otherwise. I, did she trusts her though like you can't do that obviously she just murdered all her lieutenants she's gonna murder you too you don't have to trust her but uh you could assume that as the emperor of the terran empire that she might have a use for somebody from the ufp which she already knows about right so then after she murders everyone right that's the reveal is that she already knew a lot of this stuff and is excited to have Burnham there because it's more links for her to the, her, I, I guess, new, next empire to conquer or something? Yeah. I guess. They don't really explain why she's, like, into the idea of the multiverse, but... Yeah, I don't... I, you know, it's one of those, is there... Is it for resources? Is it for... I don't know. You're just supposed to assume that the Terran Empire wants to conquer everything, I guess, mm-hmm. and they're willing yeah, to guess. do whatever. I don't, I don't quite see the point. Um, it's not the most egregious at the end of the show here. Of like, wait, what? Right. Uh, I I believe that when your back's against the wall and your whole crew is about to probably be murdered by the Emperor Lorca, she doesn't know about Lorca yet. She's got to try and save everyone. I I believe the whole like, wait, 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 hold on. Maybe you know about the multiverse. I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you can make her believe, maybe keep yourself alive for a little while. I, I kind of believe it a little bit. Hey, yeah. do you like Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this show does. <laughs> I don't see how this fits into the timeline of Star Trek. Explain to me how you think this is a good idea. So, Laurel and Ty- Tyler and all that sort of stuff, like okay. creating the human body and... uh Okay, is this where we get that revelation that this happened? I think so. Because this is where this is where they try to like fix him, right? I uh 
kind of tuned out this whole subplot because I thought it was supremely dumb. Which is why my note is here. The body satcher thing is stupid. It um, is very stupid. You think about Next Generation, and yeah, they could do the like superficial surgery where they removed or added people's forehead ridges, but they never like, hey, Worf, or like, hey, Picard, you're going down to the surface. We have to change all your internal organs. There's, in fact, multiple times Riker like gets stuck on a planet, and they're like, wait a minute, all your organs are wrong. Right. So how can... Well, I mean, so they, they do mention that all of, like, changing all of his organs and stuff is basically, like, horrible torture, which is explains why the Federation would never do it. I guess. But it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't, so. it doesn't super make sense. It kind of fits into, and we'll talk about this at the end of the show, the theme of, like, non-foreheaded Klingons. Mm-hmm. Uh, which come about in the original series in the timeline after this. Um, but the whole, like, he's possessed in his subconscious by the original body, but the, the, they grafted the, I, the brain of the original Ash Tyler into Lo- Volk's body and they changed. It's just so convoluted, way more advanced than the rest of Star Trek and kind of just dumb. Yeah, it's like, really weird. They should have just said, oh, this is Ash Tyler's body, and they tried to brain graft it, and they used this new thing that kind of, like, our computer didn't catch or something. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, the whole, th- it's like a plate of spaghetti, and you picked it all up. You're trying to pick all the pieces up off the floor with your fingers, you know? It looked real good on the plate, but now it's all spilled everywhere. That's my analogy, and I'm sticking yeah. with it. Is this the part where... uh Lorel agrees to help fix him. Yeah, she basically they like proved to her that like he's basically gonna go mad Insane and kill yeah. himself. Yeah. So if you love Vogue, you have to kill him basically. And then uh, Saru, in one of the only badass moves he makes, teleports uh, Tyler into her cell and says, "Fine, here you go, be together." Right. Crazy people. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, and she's like, "Okay, I'll do it." Uh, yeah, but I have to perform the operation. I'm definitely not going to betray you now. <laughs> yeah, more on that later, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we got that figured out. That we both kind of literally at this. I think that's my last note. I talk later about oh. Ash. Uh, a I have bit. one more note about Tyler for the rest of the series. <laughs> Yeah, I really I really just tuned out that entire subplot. It was just like very I don't care anymore. Like Lorel in specific got super boring after they captured her because her plan now is not a plan anymore and she was just like a, a prisoner here they for this ca- moment. They kept her yeah, they kept her alive to end the show season 1. That's it. Yeah. She's in that prison so they can end the show in season 1. They pre-wrote that. You can tell now looking back. Mhm. Mhm. Okay, so I did write, why is Burnham still alive? Yes. Um, And yeah. I, I did figure this out. I just didn't remember that I figured it out in my notes. It's because the Emperor wants her working spore drive, because her statements couldn't figure it out. Uh, okay. Because yes. you also learn right around here, right, that the... Uh, that Burnham and Lorca were working together. Yes, right, right exactly. And, and so then, like, 
triple reason why the Emperor would not be willing to trust her. <laughs> right? Sure, but she wants that spore drive and the discovery. Yeah. The, the Her wanting the spore drive makes a ton of sense. And uh, she's Burnham's willing to play the game for now. Lorca's watching his crew die in front of him again, which, you know, we're supposed mm -hmm. to feel bad about, which I kind of did at the time. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, these people are torturing our, you know, Lorca from the Discovery for things that the Prime Lorca had done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's Klingon surgery hour again. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Stamets is in crisis, he can't figure it out, but we figure out that Stamets on the ISS is somehow ruining the lifeblood of the universe. All the spores are dying, and the metaphysics of all life will, and we begin to understand that Discovery has overshot in its I think personally this is the beginning of uh, this show's ideas were good but its scope was too grand or they didn't like they didn't flesh the idea out enough to give it this conclusion right well they definitely but they just lay it out there for you here and I, I will just come I'm gonna complain about this part here and I won't complain about it again for the rest of the show because mycelium, I just don't want to get into it anymore, but this mycelial network is supposed to be the lifeblood of the whole universe, and if it dies, the whole universe is dead. They've said that before. How on God's earth, then, from all the shows we've watched forever down the Star Trek line, has no one ever messed with the mycelial network ever again? Well, uh, we're not on God's earth, so that's why. Um, but Really, I think you got me. Maybe the <laughs> only answer I can come up with is that somehow time travel and they're gonna like free the universe from the mycelium or something at the end of the show. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay, <laughs> because none of it else, nothing else makes sense. Like, why has no one ever thought or heard or talked about or ever anything this thing? Because they're not hard to detect. Apparently, these spores are all over the place. You can you can grow a planet of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh. The big reveal here, episode 12, we get another huge reveal right after episode 11's big reveal, and that is Lorca's been playing everybody the whole time. ISS people are sensitive to light. Lorca's sensitive to light, and he wrecks the dude that's torturing him and frees his whole crew. Exactly. All of the, the Lorca loyalists or whatever that you thought he was being tortured for, you know, people he didn't really know because it was Mirror Lorca. It turns out he is Mirror Lorca. And, yeah. Uh, somehow he was blown into our timeline, the main timeline, when his ship exploded or something. Yeah, again, you know, like, it, he crossed into a nebula or something, and then uh, space magic, and here you are. Now, I, yeah, it had something to do with an ion storm and a transporter at the same time, so he couldn't replicate it, right? Right. The idea was that, like, this was a freak accident somehow, and Lorca ended up in our universe mm -hmm. at the same time in the in the other universe that Lorca's ship was, like, destroyed in a battle or something. With the Klingons, yeah. And so it just happened to be that it seemed like he's a survivor, even though, obviously, we find out what actually happened is everyone on that ship died. 
and we got Mira Lorca instead. I I'm hoping because well, it's it's just a there's no way, right, that Prime Lorca is alive somewhere. I mean, I guess it's possible. I'd like um, to have met Prime Lorca. But yeah, we turns out we've never known him. Uh, and it kind of explains a lot of the stuff that uh, Lorca has been up to in these whole episodes. It definitely this does. They did a great job keeping most of it under wraps. You get really suspicious of him later on, obviously, that he's doing he something. Starts, um, well, and he starts like betraying people straight up and being like really, really, sure. really bad. But but the whole like keeping it close to the vest on why he had Burnham around so close to him for so long. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. I liked that part. Yeah. Uh, have mirror, you would have a good memory for this. Maybe have mirror universe people always been sensitive to light or is that a new thing that they did for this show? I don't remember that. Um, I haven't watched any of the mirror universe episodes in the past, like multiple times or recently anyway, Mm -hmm. but also all of those mirror universe episodes are shot in like really dark light. It's true because it's because it's evil, (laughs) not because like not because I think that they are intending to write that they're sensitive to light, but because dark equals evil. It might be from Enterprise. Um, It could be. I don't remember any of the mirror universe stuff from Enterprise. I only watched Enterprise maybe one time. I think that they kind of like the original series and TNG and other stuff. They have like mentions of photo sensitivity but i can't remember if it was like a plot point for that show only or for like a bigger thing and i'm pretty sure yeah i don't don't know there's something going on where there's like they've mentioned photosensitivity but i can't remember them saying like oh actually all iss people are sensitive to light i was like because you'd think that would have been a bigger plot point that you would remember but anyway Mm. yeah uh, do should we take a pause here and and discuss whether we like Mirror Lorca as a, as a character or as a captain or as a person or anything? I mean, we can if you want. Sure, I- um, it's kind of yeah because this he doesn't make it much further in the show. Spoiler. Well, I mean, not spoiler for the show you already saw, right? Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, so maybe you know with the reveal at the end of episode twelve, the beginning of episode thirteen, where they have the big battle. Yo, Michelle Yo, by the way does such a good job so good playing the Terran Emperor with her old character in mind you know mm-hmm. like yeah I remember what I was playing when I was on the bridge of that other ship but I'm going to play something that's the same but completely opposite at the same time so good yeah um, I-, I wrote that like this whole episode has a lot of like action scenes and stuff so it's not while things plot-wise happen, it's definitely a lot of, like, people shooting, people hiding, that kind of stuff going on here. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Because Lorca is, like, right. le- yeah, leading the insurrection here, right? Like, he's going to take over, kill Giorgio. Uh, he's, yeah, he's got his crew, and he's taking over some of her crew, and they're trying to take over the ship, which they do successfully. Right, um, yeah. I, hmm. I like him, I think. He's uh he's he's played well. I can't fault Jason Isaacs here or the any problem I have with the character really, I kind of have to lay at the feet of the writers, but 
I think in like in terms of the acting and you know what he does on screen, like Lorca is fun. I I enjoyed watching him. Yes. Um, I I, I didn't even I didn't even get the. How... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just didn't even get the feeling like you know. There's some characters like you, <laughs> like Saru. I love to hate Saru. <laughs> uh, sure, and, and like a I don't want like Saru that, to as go. As, right, as much as you and I dislike Saru, which you know, again, we'll get to. Um, but he he's there for the purpose of being like they need a guy to make a dumb decision. Well, they, but also they need a guy. They need someone of high morals because this show doesn't have a Captain Picard. They need someone that is grounding to sure. a T because some of the stuff in this is off the chain in terms of its decision making. Yeah. There's, yes. there's the, there's the enterprise doesn't have a functional Starfleet, right? Captain Archer creates the prime directive, right? It's not Starfleet is still like the, Terran or uh, not Terran sorry the uh the Earth Command or whatever at that point right and and I view this segment of time between Archer and Discovery as almost it sounds to me like the industrial revolution of space travel right like they're too busy thinking about what they can do to think about what they should do all the time Yes, we have these high lofty goals of who we are as Starfleet, but it seems like they've been willing to bend and break them as much as they needed to. And Burnham is not the one, even though she's the focus of the show, that's going to get us there every single step of the way. She's too wrapped up in her own stuff. So I think you end up with a character like Saru that you have to just pin your your show on in terms of those types of things that we just mentioned. And it unfortunately creates someone you're just like, Oh, Saru, shut up. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's nothing wrong with having a character that everyone hates. Like a a hateable character is also a good character. I don't even think he's hateable either. I just, you know, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. And saying like, it just because you dislike the character, doesn't mean he's bad. Right. It just means you don't like what he's doing or, you know, versus a character you dislike, because he's being acted poorly or something like that is Absolutely. way worse. Right, of course. Um, so I don't think that's an issue with Lorca. No. But my issues with Lorca all stem from, like, I don't understand how a character like this could have survived in the other universe where he has to be nice to people all the time. <laughs> I, I thought, to me, that was like, oh, man. He had to sit and plot for so long. You know, yeah, and and they did a good job of hiding stuff the whole way along. They did a good job of keeping ideas around later. So, like when Giorgio ends up in the spoiler <laughs> in the regular universe, she's like, you know, Gabriel would have grabbed some interesting items around this universe time, and they use like his little shop of horrors again, and all that sort of stuff is cool. I don't know if maybe we just get such a quick ending and after the reveal, like we get the reveal at the end of 12 and by episode 13, the entirety of the ISS timeline is over. Right. Um, So I just don't know if we get enough time to sit with it and get to know him beyond like, actually, I was evil the whole time. (laughs) Ha ha. But he stays true to his character. And I liked, I guess we can jump ahead here for a minute. I like that. There's, I mean, there's a fight. There's a big fight. Where um, Burnham is still integral to his plans and trying to take over that universe. And so, 
Why does he need Burnham? He's in love with her, first of all. Well, that part I understood, but I didn't understand why she was because to his plans. Because in that universe, they were a couple, and she's a genius, so he could have trusted her enough to not get backstabbed immediately by her. You know, it's like one of those, like, oh my god, I have someone I can trust that's smart, you know? Got it. Okay. I definitely knew that they were together, but, like, it should have been clear to him at that point that that wasn't going to happen again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but he's just, like, clearly the show has left us with, he's protected her this whole way, he's not going to stop now. And even in the fight that they have, he betrays his own people. He, like, kills one of his own people who's about to kill her. Someone is, like, walking up on her to shoot her, and he just, like, smokes the guy and is like, keep firing! (laughs) It's just like, dude, you just, no one is going to be bothered by the fact you just shot your own guy here. I love it. I think it's great. (sighs) I really hoped here that they were going to, when they revealed, at the same time, they reveal that the star inside the ship is the mycelial network. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what's ruining and killing the network is that this drive is sucking the network in and, and burning it and killing it for power. Right. It, it is basically, yeah, they're, they're using the this the mycelium to create power for this giant ship. Again, the net, the stage, the stakes of this are just so stupidly high. It could have been a miniature sun, and you never needed any of this. Um, Saru kind of becomes a man here, and this is where. Maybe you turn on him a little bit and say, ah, yeah, he kind of sucks, but he's not that bad. He gives a pretty good speech on... I wrote, what, please don't make Saru captain. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I I can handle him being on the bridge now, but my God. Yeah. Because uh, well, like at this point, right, like at, now that you knew, no, Mira Lorca is evil, no Saru's one on that captain. ship... No one on that ship is giving him control again. Right. You know, it's like, okay, are they going to find some way to shoehorn Michael into the captain's chair? No, please don't do that either. Yeah, I was like, please don't do that. That also doesn't make sense. And also, she's like still technically a criminal. And, you know, then it's like, oh, God, this means Saru is going to be captain. And I was like, please don't find a way not to. Well, the the way I got what I wanted. Yeah, you did. You sure did. Where they say, oh, we're all going to die. It's like, oh, okay, but we're going to save the universe dying. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, like saving them from the ISS people killing the mycelial network or like from them jumping to your timeline was enough. Like, right. Uh, anyway, um, everyone gets aced on the ship. Everyone. Yeah. This get murder city right here. Uh, Lorca gets thrown into the mycelial network. So maybe he can oh, come I, back. Someday. I wrote uh, I wrote first, like, of course you have Michelle Yeoh, so it's time to have a sword fight. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was laughing so hard I'm when just... I saw this. I was like, you know what? This is fine also. I'm not mad, but, like, this is very silly in the context of there's people with guns all over here. Yes, it's just, extre- it was just... extremely silly. I'm... I'm a little sad they didn't go for broke and have her jump off the walls and stuff without gravity. Uh, I know. Like, I why know. didn't they kill the Do gravity so she stuff could... or something? Oh, come on! <laughs> it's like perfect timing, right? Like, oh, like, the discovery damaged the crap. gravity thing in its attack. It's like, oh, cool. Michelle Yeoh now has no gravity and a sword. Full crouching tiger, hidden dragon, or oh, something. It would have been so good. Yeah, uh, that's one of those moments that I'm just whatever like it doesn't yeah sure who cares okay. about phasers at this point oh uh we forgot the earlier part where they discuss uh at, right at, so right before Lorca gets killed right there 
the senior officers on Discovery are talking about how we can get out of this. Yeah. And they're like, we'll blow it up and then ride the blast to power our drive back home. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. We'll get a mycelial <laughs> explosion and then yeah, be able to ride the wave into our universe or whatever. Yes, it was some real dumb stuff. It was uh, not smart. I, I was, yeah, I wrote there's a lot of bad decisions being made right now. Yeah, well, well, there you go. It was like, you know, it's like rolling your uh, your manual car down down a hill. You can get it started. Yeah, jump start it with a gigantic explosion. Burnham makes the a very strange decision to grab Giorgio on transport. Yep. I wrote, I wrote, a, the only note I have for this whole part is just all caps, why, with so many question marks. Because everyone deserves a second chance, JJ. Some people don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait two more episodes to find out she understands that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was just very confused by that whole thing. Thankfully, nice. oh, good. they overshoot by nine months, so we get a lot more story weirdness. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, like, uh, during the explosion, you see some flashes of, like, oh, is this the afterlife, you know? Uh, you see statements and um, the doctor had yeah. a nice little scene. Uh, and then, yeah, then it's like, oh, Klingons won, LOL, it's over. <laughs> Which I don't recall being a thing in the past. Anyway. Uh yeah. I never noticed this before as we start episode 14 here. Did the Klingons always call humans Mon K? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so, right? I don't remember any Klingon words for anything. I don't remember them doing that. Okay. Um, But that is a thing from StarCraft. Right? Where, like, we were called the Mon K, which is, of course, monkey, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember that before. It was, it struck me as weird. I was like, I don't, anyway. Yeah, I don't remember it either. I, but I also don't remember the whole discussion happening, so. Yeah. Uh, so Volk, he remembers Volk's stuff, but he's back as Tyler. Yeah. Right. So like, oh, he's, re- he's remorseful for all of our, all of the terrible things he's done. Yep. Because he can remember them still. Uh, and Saru was like, yeah, okay, I believe you. Like, I, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Sure. This guy goes straight to jail. Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, I kind of. I don't know. <laughs> ah, I, I would have put him in jail. I'm a more harsh captain than Saru. Yeah. No kidding. Everyone probably is, which is why he's not a great captain. Yeah. Oh, uh, we find out the Federation has lost a third of its fleet. Sarek decides to mind meld Saru when the Federation boards Discovery, asking, what the heck? Where have you been? What are you doing? Who are you? Are you spies? Yeah. And they figure out everything that's happened conveniently. Like, just like in the Mirror Universe, Sarek's like, it's all good. Perfect finger. You know, like, I I can't do it on a podcast, but you know, the like, the okay symbol with his right, fingers, yeah. and everybody's just like, yeah. ah, alright, Sarek says it's good, we're good. Yeah. Uh, it, meanwhile, Sarek then has, again, just like the Mirror Universe Sarek, who we saw, right, has access to so much information, and he doesn't tell anyone! Right. He's like the worst person to put in charge of anything! <laughs> he just keeps everything a secret from everyone! 
He's just like, ah, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this is all good. Don't worry, guys. The end result is going to be good for us. And you're just like, okay, but there could be some like, you know, intermediate intentions or something that maybe we care about here, bud. You want to you want to tell us what's going on, any at all? No, no. It's all good. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, um, Sarek's character is extremely frustrating throughout this entire show. I really don't like how he ends up getting used. Sarek has a weird arc if you go from... Let's see, he was around during... Not during Enterprise, so... I don't think he was around during Enterprise, was he? I never... I don't remember him being there. I don't think so. And you don't really see him in the original series. Or I I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember seeing him at all. But you definitely see him in this. So it would be this first. Yeah. And then... TNG stuff. Which is... And then DS9 stuff. Weird. No, he's in the movies. He's in those movies. Oh, right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you're right. And he's a de- Weird. very different character in all three of those things. For anyway. Weird arcs. All right. Uh, they're going to use Giorgio to win the war and Spore jump to Konos... Right, so their their wild theory is somehow they're gonna spore jump into the middle of the planet because there's a giant cave that Giorgio knows about because she blew the planet up in the past. In her and universe, right? In yeah. her in her universe, right? And from in there, they're gonna unclear what the bombs or volcano bombs or something. No, they they were gonna use drones to map defensive positions that well this is the cover story they're going to use right. drones to map defensive positions so they can strike the klingon homeworld and then the war will be over because they'll have to they'll have to know that we can attack their homeworld like they can attack our homeworld it's like and uh, somehow that would make them concede which I'd, doesn't seem like how klingons would work look, at all. the plans don't get better jj <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, my literally next uh, my next note is wow they're just going to do a genocide then okay yeah uh, but they don't have a way to jump but no big deal let's just negate Star Trek two we have a Genesis device on board yeah and then I wrote hey doesn't terraforming seem like it's against Starfleet rules <laughs> uh, they've talked about terraforming before. I, dead worlds. They've, ter- they've terraformed dead worlds, but they Which, have all kinds of people, <laughs> sentient Klingons all over this planet. Well, and non-Klingons, we learn. Yeah, but they're going to terraform, they terraform the moon. Remember, the dead moon to get more mycelial spores. Right, but I just feel like the, you know, the, they can't be just like, they did, they spent ten minutes at this tiny little moon, and they're like, like I said, screw everything on here. We're just going to terraform this whole thing for our right. own purposes. They just it's randomly like, have a Genesis device, right? Like yeah. it's a thing that was like a, a big whole, deal and invented whole cloth for that one movie and never talked about again. Yep. And because it was like dangerous and then outlawed, right? Wasn't that the deal? Yeah. Like the thing that it did was too crazy and not, not controllable. And Absolutely. A bomb. Yeah. But I guess if yeah. you're just growing a spore forest, no big deal. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. I, mm-hmm. Not questionable great. actions. Great CG, though. Yeah, it looks cool. <sighs> Tyler and Burnham do a do a bad scene, but a necessary one, apparently. Yeah. 
I said, you know, earlier in the uh, the watching of this show, I mentioned how I didn't mind the relationship stuff. Uh, I mind the relationship stuff now. Yeah, I got a little heavy handed here. At least, thankfully, the scene's point is Burnham's not ex- going to ever get back with him, which holds yes. mostly true. Yeah. Um, And then I just have a long string of Y's followed by a long <laughs> string of E's. Followed by a long string of S's here. As I think we get maybe the best pure moment slash scene in the whole of this season. As, uh, Corn. Yeah, hold on. Admiral. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta gotta do this one. This is my favorite. I gotta, I gotta. Okay. So Cornwell, having talked with Sarek and talked with Giorgio and Starfleet Command have all decided they've come up with this plan, right? Like, we're going to use her info to defeat Mm -hmm. the Klingons, however way we can. So she gets on the bridge, and we're like, all right, here we go. Mission mission start. Cornwell is going to get us there, and she starts this rousing speech. She's not the best orator, but you know what? Every admiral's different. She's got her thing. Uh, But then we're somewhere in the middle there. She gets a little off track. She says, and this wonderful mission we're going to lead and save the world, and I'm not going to lead it, but I'll introduce you to who is, and the music pitch changes, and we uh-huh. cut to the turbo lift behind her, and mm-hmm. there's this great slow motion shot as you start to realize they've given Emperor Giorgio a Starfleet commission. <laughs> yes. I just wrote in all caps, oh, yes, the Terrans are now in charge. <laughs> yes. I thought, you know, the payoff for having done all this is Starfleet literally is just like, screw it, we have to win. And they, this is Philippa Giorgio, who we res- who we rescued from a Klingon prison barge. Wink, Don't wink. worry, guys. She was, she was really alive this whole time. Saru does such a great shocked and appalled motion slash face it's like he almost does a double take right he does he kind of almost falls out of the captain's chair there it was one this shot this this shot alone without moving off of her back with the slow motion and the music and everything it means for the show and for the characters was so good i loved it yeah yeah it was a great scene oh wonderful it doesn't pan out as great in 15 but (laughs) No. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I we mean, can't. I guess you could have seen it coming, right? You could have seen it coming. But uh, for a few minutes here, Captain Giorgio is back on the bridge. And I want to ask you, based on her being a captain and based on Lorca being a captain, now that we've seen both through the whole of this series, do we need to add them to our old episode of Captain's Rankings? Well, uh, you might need to add the original Philippa. Um, but I don't think you need to add Mira Lorca or Giorgio. Okay. What's your rationale for not adding Lorca, who was captain of this ship for a long time? He's a mirror universe person. Interesting. Even though he's commanding a ship that in the regular universe. Yeah. Just like Giorgio is in here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking if we need to add any of them to our, our math. I think you can, you can, you can add the original universe people. Okay. Wow. 
So original episodes, <laughs> original universe, Giorgio, you can add who we got, you know, two or three episodes of in the beginning. You kind of get like a, a reverse version of her here. So you know what she would have done if she were the other character. None of this. None of <laughs> I love that shot where she she's talking to Burnham. Oh, I hope this is such an auspicious reunion. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. Yeah. And Burnham's like trying not to st- kill her with her glare it's one of those eye twitch like oh okay captain yeah oh man man what a moment what a what a mistake yeah this is bad i caught a mistake at the beginning of episode 15 one of the people in this scene calls her admiral which is weird Mm. so i wonder if it was shot from another scene and and reused or if it was uh Maybe Cornwall was originally in charge of the mission or something, which would have made a little more sense, but... Or they had maybe changed their plan for how Giorgio was going to become in charge. Something. Some way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is one of those little filmmaking things where you wonder what that was. So, 15, uh, we go to Kronos with little, very little trouble. Just yeah, just jump in the middle jump, there. It's jump, fine. Jump straight to the... Klingon homeworld with warp and spores and stuff. And I... Okay, we've seen a lot of Kronos. A lot of Mm -hmm. it over the years in other shows. A lot. Mm -hmm. We've seen, like, a lot of the High Council chambers specifically. like Which is not the same as this one. No. The High Council chamber in TNG was a chamber of, you know... You know, you... We'll talk about all this at the end, but like it's very different. Like this is in the yeah. middle of a volcano. That was a building. It's sure, and, and like so, you expect it to be different. You expect it to be kind of different, but it's interesting. They went a completely different direction. But my memory doesn't tell me that Kronos was treated the same way as it is here. This is more like the movie Kronos, where the Klingons are like raiders, almost like the Orion are and in this one they say literally hey there's a bunch of black markets and areas of this planet that they've just given over to the orion cartel oh yeah Giorgio says it's like oh this area is full of low lifes and you're kind of like what what (laughs) and and like even the low lifes like they beam into this and the low life klingons are just like oh those are humans oh you work for the federation no we don't okay wait what Yeah, what? Exactly, what? Uh, so that's not so great, mm. I think. Yeah, it's bad. Considering, yeah, I mean, you could go back to episode one and you're like, weren't they building a homogenous society? Wasn't that the point? Wouldn't they have, like, kicked all these people off their planet and stuff? I don't know. Episode 15 is important for one reason, and I think that's the brutal story that Burnham gives us, finally. Yeah. Of understanding who she is as a person and what happened to her family, what she went through, and yep. why, thankfully, she will never be with Tyler. Thank you, consistent writing. Yes, thank goodness. Uh, We get a bomb instead of a drone. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, the genocide stuff we all expected to happen is happening now. And, like weird side mission i don't in a brothel i don't understand uh but you know mirror universe genocide whatever burnham uh spends the rest of the episode convincing starfleet that they should be starfleet and not uh the terran empire i think there's a good part here where uh 
there's one part where Giorgio refers to uh what's her name? Kelly. Oh, Killy. As Killy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she may okay, we, we and she's like, come track. on, Killy. Before before <laughs> <She's> like what? <laughs> before they go on the mission, we have a good set of scenes where like she's building the the away team. She's like, Well, Burnham has to go, clearly, because I don't trust her to stay here. Right, because she's like, Burnham's going to tell people what's up and then, like, come yeah. near the ship and leave me here. And then... Wise, actually. Like, we that's need actually Tyler right. slash Volk. Right, because he speaks Klingon. He speaks Klingon and he can get us into the Orion and he knows the planet. And then, I need another member of this away team. And she picks Tilly because she says, oh, it makes me feel so good to see your face. I think about all the people we've killed together. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And you're just like... Lady, you missed some notes here. <laughs> and then and then she's like, calls her Killy the rest of the time. I know, it's so oh, good. It made me feel so good in my heart. And then she eats the space whale. <laughs> yeah. Which was good. I Thank you for the comedy relief. I don't know the actress's name that plays Tilly, but um, she does a good job in a hard... It's a hard thing to do sometimes. Oh, and in some of those brothel scenes, we see a consummate character actor... Um, that guy. Oh my god, the guy who like drugs Tilly. Oh yeah, uh, he's been in a lot of Star Trek before. I can't remember his name. The guy who plays um, he plays the guy in Princess Bride. He's like ten million other actors. He's in he's in everything. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. I like that. He's like trying to laser cut the thing off her wrist. She's like, no, yeah, exactly. She's like, bad. Uh-uh. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> I'm really she radios Burnham. I'm really high right Clint now. Clint Howard. Clint Howard. Clint Howard? Yes. Is that who it is? Yes. Okay. Um I yes. He's like, I'm Orion. What do you expect? Yeah, he's like, Well, I'm supposed to steal from you. Yeah, I was glad they <laughs> grabbed him for this. It's a good it makes a lot of sense. It's a good yeah. it's a good grab. He's been in, I'm pretty sure he's been in other Star Trek before. Um, but I could be wrong. Uh, he, he totally, he totally has. Yeah. Oh man, that guy's so busy as an actor. It's crazy. I don't know how he has time or energy because he's kind of an older dude at this point. Oh, I, I'm, I'm on memory alpha now. Apparently he's been in an original series episode also. Wow. He was definitely in TNG, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think, so you know, you since you're on there, um, the guy that played, um, from DS9, he played, what's the one, what's the Ferengi that starts with N, who wanted to be a Starfleet officer? Nog? Nog. No, not, was it Nog that wanted to be a Starfleet officer? I think it is. He, that actor passed away. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. It is a little bit sad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is Nog. It is Aaron Nog. Eisenberg. That's the one. Yes, Aaron Eisenberg. He yes. passed away a month ago. Very sad. It is a little bit, you know? I think he had also been in multiple Star Treks after, or before. Yeah, he played, he was in Voyager, Deep Space Nine, a couple other things. Bummer. Anyway. Bummer. Uh, Let's get back on track here. Again, right. the stakes are too high. Right. We're going to nuke Very the sad. whole planet. Yeah. Well, George is just doing what she did last time. That's fine. She's just blowing the whole thing up. But there's I a good know. there's a good chance here to like tie this show 
tighter into the fabric of the universe that it's supposedly a part of. And ending this war is an important part of that rather mm-hmm. than just ending the plot point. Right. And so right, like yeah. bringing back the Klingon virus so that you can get rid of the crazy makeup that you've done to the Klingons mm-hmm. or using it to fracture the Klingon empire further so that we get the Klingon empire from the original series where they're all right. kind of like space raiders or whatever. Like yeah. something ha- needed to happen here other than what ended the show. Maybe there's more in the future that they have planned. But uh, yeah. I'm left with a wondering how this is going to work out in the long run to tie the shows together. If they even yeah. care. I mean, maybe they've decided not to care. I think that might be the... It's possible. The end. Uh, okay. Are we talking about the end moments here? Yeah, kind let's of. wrap it up. Because there's okay. not much. I mean... I just said that the uh, the the kind of like I am Spartacus moment that goes on here sure. at the end where they're all like standing up. I'm Starfleet. Or whatever. Yeah, I am Starfleet. I was like, this sucks, actually. I don't like this scene. Yeah, so that was part of what we were discussing is like we have to determine who we are as a nation even though we already have the bomb down the hole. It's like, okay. Right, yeah. Uh, hold on. Yeah, let's just not blow it up for a second. And think about this and remake this decision at the last moment because Burnham said so. Didn't you? Yeah. Aren't you the one that started the war and said we should kill them all? Uh, yeah, come on, Burnham. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, it's, I didn't like that moment. And I didn't like that whole scene of how they did that. I know they need to have like the, the moral voice and they need to have that talk. And I expected a scene like this. I just didn't like how it played out. I expected a little bit more of the Saru and Burnham do a mutiny. Yes, that's kind of where I expected it to go. And save everyone, and then they have the Starfleet has to punish them again when they get back, you know? Send Burnham back to jail. Something. I expected something more along those lines. And I also expected uh, Georgiou to be something more important at the end here, because instead they're just like, okay, see ya. They let her go. Well, Why? they bargained. Season two. You think so? That's all. Like, I wrote, like... Why does Giorgio leave season two? Okay. Do you think she comes back? I have no idea if she does or not. But they let her go and like clearly a dangling end. Uh, It's just like that's terrible. Season two. That's the only thing. It's the only reason I can think why that happens. And then Ash also leaves, right? Ash does leave with Laurel. Right? Uh, Mm. So we missed the part where plot point Lorel's still in prison how can we possibly save everyone's lives we'll give the bomb to Lorel, and she can hold hostage the entirety of the 24 houses and yes. then make them become one house by having a bomb i mean that's that part is klingon i'm not worried about that part <laughs> well why would they believe her though yes why would they believe her yeah i don't know I mean, she's crazy enough to do, to blow it up, though, so it's a good thing they did believe her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a little sweet uh, at the end there that she gets the, uh, Burnham gets the badge back. Yeah, the little. Oh, Georgia yeah. So, okay. Given to- yeah. I just wanted to, I don't, I don't know if there's more to focus on with the end of this Klingon. It's just so uh-huh. weird. Yeah, I was done. just thinking about like, and then all of a sudden after she's, oh, so that new chamber where they're in a, the volcano instead of in the chamber. And then she just holds up the bomb and the Klingons that were headed to earth stop. 
And it's like, huh? This is a very cherry-picked ending here in terms of, like, they had the ending and they didn't think about, oh, the show, the show we got to doesn't really... They, they had the end in mind and they got as close as they could without connecting all the, all the strings, right? Yeah, and I don't understand, like, what... Laurel is, like, totally cool, just hanging out with Ash Tyler and thinking everything's... Who knows, man? I don't know. Weird. Maybe there's yeah. more to go. There's got to... I mean, it feels like there's more to go, and they just had to end the season. So maybe yeah, season two. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe. Uh, there's hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And then- uh, yeah, and then they go back to Earth. Burnham, Burnham has the... the a decent speech, which we've been hearing most of through the show about fear. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hokey in terms of yeah. like, I read Odysseus and you know, like, yeah, hey, um, this, this is a speech that has been given throughout history 50,000 times. Right. It's okay. I, I yeah. would just mark it as okay. Like they needed something. A lot of people haven't heard that. I have actually heard this before, but. Someone had a commencement speaker, and they needed to fill it, and they got Burnham, and it was fine. Yeah. They all get awards of some kind, Mm -hmm. including the dead people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. It's okay. Everyone gets an award. Sarek hugs his daughter and gives her her commission back, which you were going to talk about. Oh, the little badge back, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's, She's had her record expunged. Yeah, she's back in Starfleet for real and not a prisoner anymore. Huzzah! Apparently we can just forgive crimes of the past by doing different crimes in the future and it makes it okay. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. This is not the Starfleet of the future where this stuff would not have flown. (laughs) She would have gone back to jail. uh, It is what it is. You know? I don't know. I... What do you think here at the end? Like, we're supposed to go meet... Oh, we didn't say. We're supposed to go meet our new captain, but right. the Enterprise is here, and that shot at the end is cool. Yeah, I was going to say the very the reveal of the Enterprise is sweet at the end. Yeah. It looks like a little that. different. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. It's updated. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like like we said earlier, there, uh, when they were starting the show, there was a lot of like, ah, oh, but this technology doesn't look old like the original series. Also, it's not the 60s so yeah. we don't have to make it look like that let's talk about that because some of it i understand the show is now hd we right. are 60 years on from the concepts of star trek and 50 years on from the original production of the show mm-hmm. we have to have technology that looks better than technology we have now which makes a little right. sense yes but we also need to be def- deferral deferential that's the right word right deferential to what has come before they walk an interesting line of that they add some stuff which we've already if you go back and listen through these episodes 8 through 12 we talked about it we talked about all the things that we've listened and watched and said that just doesn't fit and there are things that definitely needed to happen like the enterprise needed to look new compared to even, you know, other ships. Like, it needs windows. Yeah. Like, there's there's no reason it doesn't need windows and lights and all that sort of stuff that it didn't have before. And that's yeah. fine. But we also have like, stuff know. like, hey, 
the Klingon high chamber, unless you have a plan to destroy that one in the volcano in like season two, why is it completely different than the other Klingon high chamber? These Klingons, yes, I understand that like TNG and all that stuff where we get Klingons with forehead ridges and Mm -hmm. the makeup gets better as the shows go on. You could say, okay, it's HD now. We need to really like reimagine and redo the concepts behind Klingon makeup, but making them into something so alien compared to what they were before. Good decision, bad decision. What, where do you land on some of these things that got updated? Well, I think we kind of came out on it in the very first set of episodes, like two or three or whatever, when they had that, you know, mini war battle or whatever they called it with the Klingons. I was not, I didn't like it. It feels weird. I don't, they made the Klingons feel like they are some kind of, like the thing, the thing in Star Trek, right? In, in TNG and in DS9 was always is like, yes, these aliens, quote unquote, are alien, but you can see humanity in them, right? They kind of crossed that line, I felt, here in Discovery, where they just are alien aliens now. I don't, I can't, they don't act, they don't have humanity anymore. Not that they don't, like, uh, they aren't people or sentient or anything like that, but they don't act like humans in some ways, right? The, like, idea of the Klingons as the, like, warrior Vikings or whatever is completely gone. And, like, it's a different time period or whatever, so maybe that, that doesn't fit. But just the... They made them too weird and too evil looking or something. I just I couldn't bring myself to like empathize with them really throughout the whole show. I agree. I I feel like they're out of phase. And what I mean by that is even though a lot of people don't like the Enterprise explanation of having had the human virus where some some got infected and some didn't, and that's why you have some forehead ridges and some... Like, they tried to explain something that a lot of people in the past had thought, okay, so in the original series, they didn't have forehead ridges, and in TNG, they do, and just like we're explaining today, that's a makeup thing. Like, that's a that's yeah. an HD thing. Things are be- better now. We need to differentiate them from humans. I kind of get it a little bit. Uh, people being upset... Uh, saying, okay, well, this, why are they retconning saying, oh, the the makeup was bad and we changed the makeup versus Enterprise, or they say there's a reason. I actually kind of like, and I'm in the minority when I say I like the Klingon virus stuff, where they tried to make themselves into better warrior. It fits. Yeah. It fits a little bit. And this just is out of phase. Maybe not. I don't know. I it's the the whole situation right is like they wanted to show somehow maybe like the idea of how the Klingon Empire becomes unified and because like definitely in the original series you get a lot of like hey these guys are Klingons but you never got the impression that like there was an empire really or I didn't anyway the the episodes I've watched to be fair I haven't seen all of the original series I have but it's been a long time and I watched them disjointed so it's hard to remember what order they come in and as far as i remember mm -hmm. we get the idea that no one likes the klingons right but they're not that like they're not an existential threat to they're aggressive we have fights with them another they're just another space race that they encounter exactly and and just like the romulans it's sometimes we fight and sometimes we don't right it was a very famous scene with them on a space station and like they're coexisting on a space station together, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the, you know, the, you get, 
Yeah, the original series was so concerned with, you know, metaphor for the time and stuff with like the Klingons, you know, portraying certain aspects of communism and all this stuff that was going on at the time that it doesn't really get a chance to like build a a world of its own. It's really more interested in reflecting the world of its time into the show, right? Mm -hmm. Or that's how it felt to me versus these shows are more interested in telling you stories about the world that they're in rather than reflecting real life into the show. Right. And, and so as a consequence, like, you know, the original series, whatever happened with the Klingons, it was in service of some other goal. They didn't care. Like they weren't here setting up a, a fiction. Whereas then in TNG, they started setting the fiction up more and the subsequent shows and stuff were very into like building this world. Right. And yeah, these Klingons don't feel like they fit with that fiction that was built in those other series. I have, you know, I don't know. In a lot of ways, this whole show felt weird. Um, Not just because of the Klingons, but because, I mean, until you get to the end, you didn't know, like, why is Lorca acting like such a jerk to everyone all the time? And why is he, like, doing all these borderline evil things? <laughs> um, You know, you get the reveal at the end, oh, like, this is why. But... You know, it makes the show feel kind of wrong for 80% of the episodes because you're being captained by a guy who turns out to be from the Mirror Universe, which, you know, you don't know going in. And so that it just doesn't feel good or it doesn't feel the way the other ones felt. I'm sure it's intentional, but it's just like it leaves you kind of uneasy or something. Um, yeah, maybe that's part of it. So, I don't know. I like I enjoyed watching this whole season. I I really did like the last run of episodes here, this 12 through 15. I think probably the best of any of the episodes. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think once they get out of the idea that they're going to make the uh Harry Mud installment series there in the middle, thank goodness. They get into like, actually, this is a story about the mirror universe and there's like six or seven. They get into a narrative approach, which the thought we thought we were getting from the beginning and then it just sort of devolves in the middle. Yeah, um, it was weird, right? Like the first set of episodes were like extremely narrative, right? It was like if you watched episode two without watching episode one, you would just be completely confused. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't know. Um I don't know. I I enjoyed this a lot, I think. I don't Yeah, man. I don't know. It's a tough one. Like would I recommend this to someone else? It wouldn't be I the top know. of my list. No, absolutely. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Like I would tell people to watch tons of other Star Trek first. But I wouldn't tell someone to not watch this. Yeah. If, if they were already interested in watching it, I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead. I don't know." But it wouldn't be like, you know, unqualified joy jumping up and down like it would be if someone wanted to watch, you know, certain other shows or seasons of that shows i do feel like it's star trek adjacent yeah that's a good way to describe it but it does a very good way to feels, describe it maybe the shows have just been gone so long which they have to be fair and the world has changed so much in between the our real like life world has changed so much in between what was it enterprise was the last time this thing was on air yeah. Enterprise was so aspirational at the time and ended so abruptly and apparently very controversially. I was looking up 
that a lot of people didn't like, apparently, it was uh, Star Trek Las Vegas happened. We didn't talk about it, but in between our last episode and this episode. And uh, at Star Trek Las Vegas, the end of Enterprise, the last episode, was rated by attendee vote as the worst episode of Star Trek of all time. All time, huh? All time, which... I mean, I, I could stand up of, and vehemently disagree with, but what were you going to say? I, I only sort of remember what happens at the end of Enterprise, but it can't be the worst of all time. The part apparently that made people upset was that the reveal was, spoilers, Enterprise has been a holodeck program this whole time. Oh, right. Okay. You know? And yeah, so the yeah. last episode it, is- It was a, Riker's holodeck It's program. a Riker episode is the last episode of Enterprise. And Berman said, it's a love letter to Star Trek because we knew it was going away. There was no plan to make Star Trek after this. Right. Like, it was. they were done. They didn't know if there was going to be Star Trek for, you know, one year, two years. And it turned out, you know, more than, what, five, ten? It's been ten. Yeah, ten, right? Yeah. So, Almost. they walked away from it saying, we don't know who's going to make Star Trek next. We don't know when Star Trek's going to be made next, but these guys knew or they were done. Even, yeah. yeah. So I get annoyed by people saying it's the worst. It's not. It's not so by, I, by a mile the worst. And yeah, while it, the actors may have been upset that they didn't get their like heroic send off mm-hmm. because, oh, it's now it's a Enterprise episode. I think that it's good. And I'll stand on that soapbox all day. Fight me. Email me at start the podcast at wewerogamers.com. Uh, I, I don't think it's the worst episode of all time. It is a, uh, it is a categorically bad way to end a show. Uh, but I don't think they had any choice, right? It was like they were getting canceled. They weren't done with their plot. Sorry, <laughs> they could give you a cliffhanger. Or they could do this kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And this isn't a satisfying conclusion, but it at least is. And so I can understand if you're a big fan and you feel like you were cheated by how they ended it there okay i'm sure it wasn't their decision to do that they would rather have not i'm sure but i I think that 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 vote and we were off track here but i think that that vote is colored by the fact that you can now have star trek all the time yeah sure so you can watch it you can watch star trek all the time now and so all those fans that forgot that they haven't had star trek for 10 years in between this and that you know, to them, Star Trek was yesterday because it's all over the place. And I just, as a person that has worked in that field, know how hard it is to say goodbye to however many years of your life. And for Berman and and uh, those guys that were writing the guy and women, I don't. I just, guys is a is a uh, thing we say here in California. I was dude, saying it's a California and dude and guy get our all-inclusive, all-gendered, all-peopled terms. Yes. <laughs> Everyone is a, a dude. It's a regional affectation of living on the West Coast. Uh, dude and guy. Uh, a California thing, for sure. That's true, man. Diehard effing California. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, back to my point. Uh, it's been a decade between Star Trek and this. Like... And it's made by completely different people. Yeah. The very 
none, almost none, very few of the writers from any of those other shows are back for Discovery. Right. Um, and I, I think mean, the guys, the, new the people Picard that show. wrote, I keep saying guys, I'm trying not to, I really am. The people that wrote this wrote those movies. They didn't, they, they didn't write on those other shows and they tried to get some of the people from those shows and they didn't want to do it. They're, they walked they away were, from this universe and they're yeah, ready they to done. hand it off to other people. And I think they even, I think even the Picard show doesn't have a lot of the nope. same people. It's all different people again. The, so the, the tying thread and someone I'm glad is there is Jonathan Frakes is directing most of this stuff. Uh, for Picard, you mean? Uh, no, he directed a lot of Discovery as well. Oh, did he also direct Discovery stuff? Yes. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he is uh, and has shown himself to be a good TV director. So He has, and he's one of the ones maybe tying some of the mental threads together to keep these things connected. I would mm. bet you that there's a lot of stuff that has changed on set because he would say, this isn't, you know, like, this needs to change a little bit so that we can yeah, be still just, within the... A Star little Trek director, uh, prerogative. director's hand there, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm left thinking that it's okay, and that there were moments that I truly loved, like Giorgio walking onto the bridge. I even loved having so much Mirror Universe, which people probably didn't. Um, I'm glad that there wasn't a bunch of time travel when they were like, we're nine months late. We need to go spin around the sun and save the universe from the Klingon Empire. Now they just left it. Yeah. Um. And But then we're left with things that I hope are open-ended because they're season two. Like, I don't believe this is the end of the Klingons and this is the, the way that the war ends because that doesn't make much sense, you know? Right, yeah. Um. But they're on a time constraint because next season we get Captain Pike who directly well, spoilers, man. How do you know that? I know you don't know that. I don't know that. Uh, but that's we have the thing. To talk it, about it. I mean, that's that's the thing, though, right? Like you and I knew going into this that season two already had either was very nearly finished or finished even before we started watching season one. Mm -hmm. So there's always a thought in the back of your mind that, like, well. Maybe this doesn't even get resolved because of season two, right? Right. And then we also knew that uh, you get Captain Pike and the Enterprise and some of that stuff because it was just unavoidable how much they were talking about that stuff at Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's just, you know, there's there was always like a, oh, is there like, is this where that gets introduced or whatever going on? And so then you don't feel as bad about the perceived shortcoming of this ending, knowing that there's already out there for you to watch. Right. So I don't know, but JJ, um, you get your wish acting captain Saru. Well, no, no, <laughs> man. All right. Yeah. I think we've kind of like laid out our feelings here. Yeah. Do I we, did enjoy this, despite all the complaining we've done. <laughs> I don't think it's complaining. I think it's editorializing. Yeah, okay. I, I really feel like complaining is when you tweet angry stuff on the internet and you don't think about why somebody did something, give it its due thought, and then give a suggestion of what could have been done. You know, like, mm -hmm. we've sat here and said, I don't like this and this is why, and there could have, you know, like, 
I don't like the end of this, but I could see it being the beginning of something else. Uh, I could see how maybe it could fit in the long run of like, okay, yeah, Laurel stops them from attacking now, but once she, you know, if she grows right. into being a Klingon emperor, maybe the war is not over. Maybe the Klingon empire isn't over, you know, like. She certainly has reason to not be happy with you. So. Yeah. Or, yeah, there's there's room here to continue on in the next season. We don't have any spoilers. Don't email those to us. We have avoided yeah, we knowing know. what happens. JJ, in between then and now, there's something called short treks. Yeah. So I was I was wondering if you were gonna talk about Um Yeah, so there's these are like little mini mini episodes or something written by the Discovery people about certain members of the crew. Just like Here's some stuff that they get up to kind of in a side situation. Mm-hmm. Are we going to watch these? I think we should watch these. Okay. Um, let's see. They. I'm not reading the plots. I'm just making sure they're all related to season one with the dates. Yeah, it looks like, let's see, this is a mud episode. Yeah, these are okay. We can watch all these without spoiling anything in season two, I think. Okay. So well, they they came out before season two came out. But I think, I, right? I either read an announcement that they were going to do more of them with season two stuff, or that they had already done them. I don't want to read that again oh, okay. because it might be spoilers. But I had yeah, okay. seen like short treks with Pike, which is the only spoiler we have, obviously. That right. um, Spock and Pike will be. Oh, here we go. July 2019, six new shorts announced. They have not been shot. Okay. So, uh, we'll get well, more of those be, later. Those will so, be after season two then. So, maybe we should do... We should take a little break before we do season two, right? Okay. Or not. What do you want to just oh, jump can, into it? We can, sure. It's... I I don't have a preference here. We have these short treks to do. We also talked about doing an episode about transporters. We're doing sure, this yeah. live, everyone. You're, you're getting you're getting the behind the scenes here. <laughs> the planning minute. Mm-hmm. Planning minute. Uh, yeah, we could do that. What do we, we want? Could take like a, a couple week break here, maybe. Maybe take a well. It's not a couple weeks. It's a couple well, months. A couple, remember? Yeah, a couple Man. pod break. Pod pod break. We're not going to take a pod break though. Maybe we do. Maybe our yeah. That's what we'll do. We'll do these short treks up as, as an episode for season one. Yeah, I think we'll the, talk, all the short treks together. All the sense. short treks, for sure. We'll do that as an episode. Maybe we'll uh, have a lot to talk about, or only a little bit. Then we should do our transporter episode, and the metaphysics, and how they work, and like what we would do in the future, and all that sort of stuff. And maybe we can get a either some guest commentary, or something. Because I know some people that have done some work on this type of stuff. Okay. Uh, there's like more than just people like there have been whole books published on, oh no on maybe that. we shouldn't so, get into this it's interesting i think but it's okay. uh yeah it would be the you could have a whole episode about the transporter do stuff we think we can do that in two months from now like can yeah. we can we get enough into the phys the uh metaphysics of the transporter to do an episode about it yeah i already read the book oh okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> so yeah whatever you want <laughs> okay got it okay We'll do that, and then I guess that would put us in January for season two. Okay. When does Picard know. launch? I don't think they've given a date. Release date? 
Nope. No release yeah, date. That, I don't think they've said. Early 2020. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Question mark. So we'll do this. We'll try and get through season two of Dis- Disco. Yeah. And then hopefully Picard will have started by then. Yeah. And then there will be a season three of Discovery. Not that far after that, probably. One would that's hope. also happening. I think that is happening. They they've already said so. It's they happening. won a bunch it's of awards. Well, they're not. They didn't list like awards separately, and I'm not reading this whole thing on the air. So, <laughs> good point. Good point. Okay, so I think we have our plan for the future. Yeah, and a good roadmap. And if people are interested in refuting either my take on the end of Enterprise or are any of our takes on season one of Star Trek Discovery, what would we? Uh, what would we have them email at? Uh, that would be podcast at wewergamers.com. You could also uh, find us on the social media. It, uh, that's at wewergamers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole thing. We're on there. Uh, and our YouTube also. You can uh, comment there uh, on these videos and we will read them probably maybe. And, uh, you know, do stuff with that, whatever it is based on your comment. Subscribe yeah, if there, it's, if it's, it's, it's not place. obscene, we'll read it. <laughs> I mean, even if it is obscene, we probably end up reading it and then deleting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. Okay, she definitely won some Saturn Awards, which were expected because they're sci-fi yeah. awards. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Well, drink your water there, mon ami. I'm ready. Do you think in Picard they'll speak any French since they're supposed to be in France? Ooh. I mean, obviously, they're not in France very long by the trailers, look of the trailers, but. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of beauty shots of Bourgogne there. Maybe. Bourgogne, right? mm, Somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> we're still labar 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 you're right is labar a sub-region of borgonia wasn't that the whole thing about the wine yeah that, that was a while ago that we've been into the what is the sub-region that it's part of yeah it's part of the borgonia okay. complex the Basically, area Eastern, Eastern Controlly or whatever. <laughs> Easter France, yeah.